Hello, friends. Welcome. I could not be more excited for today's episode. One of my very, very good friends is back on the podcast, Nicole Walters. And this episode is going to hopefully be so transformative for you. She has a new book out called Nothing is Missing. And I can't wait for you to hear more about Nicole's story and some of the lessons that she's learned that we can all take and apply to our own lives. So let's dive in. I'm Sharon McMahon, and here's where it gets interesting. Well, I could not be more excited to welcome my friend Nicole Walters back to the show. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. Are you kidding me? There's no place else I'd rather be besides in a ball of raccoons. (laughs) (laughs) Besides. Kissing the little faces of smushy faces. Oh, and they're watching them the open up cans of soda with their little opposable thumbs. <laughs> Nicole has been here before and we talked about raccoons, so you may hear a few inside jokes about raccoons. Nicole loves them. They're her favorite animal. We communicate largely through raccoon memes, uh, videos of raccoons. You know, it's like one of those things. People send me whale videos and videos of dogs doing cute things and whatever. Anything raccoon, I am directing Nicole's way. 100%. And I receive it entirely. It is literally... I would say a solid 97% of our interaction. The other 3% is like brilliant business insights and world and life-changing theories, but 97% is raccoons. Raccoons. And that's real, that's real life and real friendship. Any it's called like, balance. Oh, yeah, yep. That's right. <laughs> All the, the 3%. It takes 97% raccoons to balance the weight. Of the 3%. That's it's so, right. It's so deep and heavy. It requires <laughs> 97% raccoons. That's I'm right. excited for everyone to hear our chats because when I tell you, Sharon, people constantly, whenever they find out we even know each other, I get messages. They're like, you don't understand the two of you together in one room. I cannot. I cannot. I mean, one, we're very similar. We're grace-filled. We like to teach people. We love, you know, sharing stories, both our own and others to elevate, and then sharing just facts, you know, kind of, hey, this is the thing of how it is. So I just love that I have this time with you and your people because they're my people too. I love them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. Well, listen, listen here. Today is a proud day for me, Sharon McGovernment. It's a proud day for me because you have been toiling for Ugh, oh years, i mean is it fair years. to say years on something that is finally finally coming out into the world for everyone to enjoy your new book nothing is missing which by the way i love the cover so much i'm like oh it's so good it's such a good cover i love it oh i and, love it so much and my name is on the back you can flip it, it is? over and find my name on the back. Very exciting. And I just could not be more excited. We're going to do an event together in Chicago talking about your book. I literally wrote a book just so we could hang out. I <laughs> just mean, so like, let's just be event. honest. Let's be honest. Chicago. That's the real reason. Goal Mm -hmm. reached, done. (laughs) Your book, Nothing is Missing, is just an absolutely delightful, heartwarming, beautiful memoir. One of the things that I was really struck when I was reading it is how much, first of all, growing up 
in an immigrant family has impacted your American experience. You know, we think of the American experience of being like 2.5 kids in a suburban house with a white picket fence and they ride their little bike up and down the sidewalk. Like that is quintessential Americana. But I love this idea that your experience is every bit as much the American dream as the suburban mom with a minivan and 2.5 kids. And I would just love to hear you talk a little bit more about what it was like. First of all, your parents didn't have much. They didn't come to this country with like, we're here with Scrooge McDuck piles of gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. No. So tell us, first of all, about what it was like growing up in America, in the community and with the parents that you had. Gosh, I think this is something that a lot of us can actually relate to more. And uh, you know, my platform is always about just letting people see how much more we have in common, I think, than people think, especially in a world where things can feel unnecessarily and unwarrantedly divisive, you know, like where it's just kind of, we're making an issue out of nothing. So One thing that's great about this book is I do talk a lot about my background and letting people know my dad, cab driver, you know, for over 40 years from Ghana, West Africa. My mom was a secretary at a boating insurance company. And there in and that alone, I think a lot of us can relate to having parents that may have had simple, humble, regular jobs that literally are pouring everything into their children and just trying to get by. And even if they're doing it in an imperfect way, they're just really focused on trying to see their children have a better life than they did. And that is the quintessential American way, right? Is just to try to elevate each generation. And that came in lots of different forms. You know, sometimes for my parents, uh, it would involve a story I share in the book. My dad, we would drive around downtown DC and he would say, you know, what makes America so great is that you can clean a building, but you can also have your name on one. You know, like he would just say these things and he, I don't think he even knew the weight of what he was saying and it wasn't diminishing the good hard work of cleaning a building, but it was calling out the possibility. And we say that not, you know, systemic things notwithstanding and struggles notwithstanding, but just saying, look, possibility of choice is such a gift. It's such a privilege that we all share like regardless of race, ethnicity, background, you know, just the possibility of choice is something that is such a gift. And my dad always called that out. But then on the other side, which I think a lot of us can relate to, because my parents are from Ghana, West Africa, they had their own African things that'll definitely have you laughing in the book. Like, you know, I'll say, mom, I want to go over to so-and-so's house for a sleepover. And then we want to go to the mall. Mall? What do you need to go to mall for? Eh? You don't have money and we have books here. So why on earth would you go to mall? You can find something and go read. Go do some math. You know, and it's like... Go do some math. Go do some math. Just like that was literally the the answer for anything. Like, I'd be like, mom, where's the nail polish? You know, it's somewhere near a math book. Find the math book and you maybe find what you are looking for. You know, like that was literally how I grew up. I love that. That is hilarious. What do you need to go to the mall for? You don't have any money. You don't have any money. What's at the, what is at the mall for you? Nothing is there. What what is there? And I mean, and it's just, it's, no math books. That's no for sure. Like no matter what, all. I could always be doing more math, you know? That's and right. it's great because I get to take people back to move them forward. So, I mean, you're reading these stories and I think that we really all can find parts of our families in each of these stories and in our, ourselves. But then I go into when I kind of broke out and said for myself, like, 
well, if I want to change my future, if I want to build a business, if I want to generate more revenue and take care of my kids, what does that look like for me to build a life that's designed the way that I'd like it to be designed? And so much of my life was trying to figure out what was I missing all along. So that just takes us even further into the book. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I was so struck by when you get to college and you were just like, I didn't know about the book situation. You know, like you go to high school, they give you your books. And when you go to college, no, no, no. They expect you to buy a million dollars worth of books that you don't want and will never read again. You'll never read them again. Never, never. And half of them are written by the professor that is teaching the class. You know it. <laughs> and then, and the, and the reason I need the fourth edition is because the table of contents changed. Mm-hmm. That's right. And when I refer to something, it might be off by a page. That's right. That's right. But I, I was really struck by. Obviously, this was an obstacle that you quickly overcame, but it was something that I think is very common in especially immigrant communities, but I think a lot of Americans can relate to this. You didn't even know what you did not know. Yes. Educators, it strikes particularly deeply because I think educators who I've always been, you know, we clear lists together. You know what I mean? Like we understand that struggle and I'm like protect and save and cover our teachers. But you better believe that educators have been screaming this from the rooftop that kids don't know what they don't know and they're coming to our classrooms ill-prepared and ill-equipped and I am now fighting the barrier of getting them ready before I can fight the barrier of imparting knowledge and teaching. And I'm a great example of that where I'm a bright girl who was educated through scholarships at top schools and I got to college and I didn't understand that you needed 122 credits to graduate. And the math on that didn't make sense to me because they said, okay, well, 12 credits is a full-time student. 
Well, if you take 12 credits as a full-time student, the math on that in four years does not equate to graduation. But if you don't know the questions to ask and you come from parents that never went to college and cannot guide you, you know, it's like my dad, this is a funny story that actually didn't make it to the book, but is very relevant. Uh, I remember going to my first college class at Johns Hopkins and it was an intro class. So there were a hundred people there, right? And anyone who understands anything about college or goes to a state institution knows that is the norm. I remember telling my dad after going to all private school institutions where there's like seven to to 12 people in a class, I told my dad, I said, Hey, this seems really different. I have a hundred people in my class and I can't get a question answered. And then it's all over and I'm not ready. And we had a test and they needed, this is old school, I'm dating myself, but we needed blue books, you know, those little notebooks in order to write your essays. I didn't even know that I had to buy them and bring them. Like, I just didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. And I told my dad, I said, I don't think I'm ready. What's going on here? And my dad was like, that doesn't make sense. It's a private school. There's no way that your classes are a hundred people. And I was like, I'm not making that up. Like, it might be a private college, but these are really still the numbers and I don't know what to do. And I mean, it was so daunting as a young person to be told you're an adult, figure it out. And also not even know what to ask or who to help feeling like something was missing. And because I was young, thinking that the thing missing was within myself, that I was fundamentally not capable. And that sticks with you into adulthood. And I think that's something that you know, people say a lot. Well, I want to start a business. What don't I know? I, you know, I want to do this thing. Why can't I do it? So it was a really big shocker. Yeah. People say things like that to me all the time. I hear that regularly. I am just now beginning to understand what I actually don't know. And of course, this is part of this is part of maturing is learning how to figure out what I don't know, learning which questions to ask so you can figure out what you don't know. But I think you're familiar with the concept, as am I, of way too many people being overly optimistic about their own knowledge and their own abilities and like highly, highly regarding what it is that they know. And it's like, sir, you don't even know what you don't know. That's right. You haven't even been exposed to certain spaces. You haven't even been around certain things. And honestly, there's so much, and I talk about this in the book, but I talk about it in life and we've always connected on this. There is grace in humility And you don't need to feel ashamed of not knowing. I mean, one of the most attractive phrases outside of I love you is I don't know, because it means that you're willing to learn. And for me, I think that what was so difficult was that not only did I not know, but this was in the age before the Googles, the phones and all of that. I didn't even know where to go, you know? So it was like, I don't know. And I felt like I was lost. And I just think of how the trajectory of my life might have changed if I'd been in a position where I even knew what to ask. And what's interesting is, obviously, as you read through the book, you discover that I, you know, built a multi-million dollar business and I grew these kids and I had these, you know, TV show. But ultimately, I had to operate saying to myself, okay, if I don't know, it does not serve me to pretend I do. It does not serve me to fake that I have the answers. It does not serve me to fight to be right. What helps is for me to use my resource and and ask, get mentors, learn, and research. And when I tell you that is one of the sole reasons why I am where I am today. That's so right. And it's so good that there actually is no shame in not knowing. Uh, There's no shame in not knowing. It actually requires a high degree of humility 
and depth of character to be able to admit, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And when you can learn how to get the answer, even if you don't know, that is what I'm hearing you say, the key to unlocking whatever it is that you have perceived is missing in your life. It is using your resources to figure out how to learn what you don't know. Sharon, what imparts more trust than somebody admitting, hey, this is what I can do and this is what I can't do, and I will do what I say I will do? I mean, literally, I know that I would trust a doctor more if he said, hey, this is my range of knowledge. This is something that's outside of my range of knowledge, but here are the resources I will go to to get what I need versus a doctor who's like, oh, no, I know everything. I don't even need to check you. I have all the answers. That makes you uncomfortable. You know, it really does. And people will tell you all day that, especially in business, that they really do honor and respect someone who's just forthright, who says, hey, this is where I stand. You give me face value. You know, I just want to know the honest details. And I also, that includes your limitations. You know, it's when you start pretending that you can do things you can that people start getting worried. Absolutely. And I, I think especially women tend to feel like, because I don't know this thing, something is missing. Something is wrong with me. Uh, I must be ignorant, stupid. There's something wrong with me if because I don't know these things. I hear this all the time in the, you know, sort of government space of like, I can you remind me the difference between the Senate and the House of Representatives? Yes, or I'm that. sorry to ask. I'm sorry to ask. Know, or I should yes. probably know this, but you know, these little qualifiers before questions. And I have to tell you, you'll see throughout my book as a pattern, I was constantly being told that I should know better or that I should have known going into this. And it was finally when I realized, look, whether I should have known or not, I'm going to go out and get the info and that doesn't mean anything about me. <laughs> you know, and, and when I tell you, especially as women and as minorities, we are told at every turn that we're not enough. You know, like if you're a mom, well, oh my gosh, are you feeding your kid out of plastics? Or if you are a business owner, oh my goodness, how do you not have a team that looks like this? You know, just at every turn, we're being told that there's one more thing that we should have been doing differently or that we aren't adding and stacking up. And the truth is, people are right. We could grow. Everyone can grow. But gosh, can't we have grace as we do it? Can't we learn and use our resources? Sharon, the people who come to you and consume your content are in a category of their own, right? I mean, you have a million people who tune in regularly to learn, and that alone speaks volumes of their character. But the people who then engage by asking questions and take your information and go back and do research and learn more are the people that actually take it a step further. And when I tell you that is the formula, that is the formula to my success. That's how I broke out of poverty and created an American dream that worked for me and raised three girls that I adopted. You know, I mean, it literally is part of how I am and how I've made it. And it was simply because I said, I'm going to take what I know and I'm going to take what I don't know. and I'm going to go get it and fill the gap. I love that. I know that there are a lot of people listening who feel like in order to build a life that they love in whatever capacity that is, they want to be an entrepreneur, they want to pursue an education, they want to find love, they want to you know, build a family that they are proud of, whatever it is, they feel like it's never enough. 
that whatever I have to give is never enough. And I will either, you know, they feel like I can't give more. And so consequently, I'm a failure. Or I will make myself ill pursuing this thing because the pursuit of that thing is so, so important to me. It's part of my identity. And maybe they don't have the luxury of being like, I am done working. What advice would you have for somebody in that situation? So what I always say is uh, actually something that my, my friend Jen always told me, you have to protect the asset. And a lot of times we think, oh, it has to be something really big. Like, oh, I have to quit my job. Or, and I mean, that's just how I've lived my life. I'm, you know, I live boldly. And I do that and I share the story so people can see if you're thinking that extreme, well, here's what it can look like, right? But it is about the small choices. It is about not putting yourself second. It is about, you know, saying, if I don't protect the asset, I'm not going to be here tomorrow to live my legacy. And it's also about granting yourself grace. I mean, I talk about this everywhere that, you know, I, granting grace has allowed me to teach others to grant it to other people. Even in some of these conversations that we have, you won't catch me screaming in the comments because I also recognize, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And of course, it's everyone's choice around how much emotional labor they want to take on explaining issues. But at the end of the day, part of me not getting into it with people about things and choosing to teach is to also give myself the peace of not having a raised blood pressure. And I think that that is something that so many of us forget, that in each moment we can choose how we meet that moment. So if it's work, we can say, look, I'm going to set limitations because guess what? There will be more tomorrow. When I tell you, Sharon, like when I learned that I'm never going to get through all of my DMs, so I'll do the best I can. And when I start feeling tired, I'm done. I'm just never going to get through them. When I realized, uh, and, I, and we have this phrase in the business, it'll be there tomorrow. So if this one thing is going to break the business, well, then the business was already broken, so it can be there tomorrow. And we are not going to kill ourselves behind this work, because if so, we're not actually here to continue to serve it and serve the work. So, okay, I'm going to just be this really transparent. This is like, you know, just being completely transparent. A lot of this happened, and I started realizing what the answer was when my daughter, Christina, was diagnosed with stage four cancer and given six months to live. You know, I'd adopted her. The first thing that came to mind was I just got her. Like I just got her. There's no way I'm about to lose my baby. And when I tell you for the first time in my entire life, I cared about nothing at all because all that matters was that she would survive. I did not care how much money I had because if I had to sell my left arm, that's what we were going to do. I did not care if the president called me the next day and said, hey, you need to show up for work for this. I did not care. My baby needed this. This was the priority. And so when I tell you, it let me know that I can drop everything and things won't fail. It's this perspective we have that, well, if I don't make my kids sandwich, they're not going to eat. No, you'd be surprised. They'll figure out a way. You know, like kids figure out a way. People figure out a way. You know, we don't have to be responsible for everyone and everything. And that was what I learned. Odds are you're operating at a 10. You can operate at like a seven or a six and still crush it. And odds are you probably need to be at a three or a four. So, you know, we're still over-functioning, but not to our own demise. I want to be here tomorrow to keep going. And I have survived divorce, cancer, the pandemic like all of us, building a business, having a quit day, dealing with difficult parents and a hard childhood, and I'm still standing. So if I can do it, they can too. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. We've all had those embarrassing moments where maybe you've taken your shoes off and you realize like, oh no, oh no, that is not a good smell. Fortunately, Lumi Whole Body Deodorant is making it so none of us ever have to worry about that again. Unlike certain other products, Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. It delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control everywhere one might like to use it. In fact, it was patients' concerns about odor that originally inspired the OBGYN who invented Lumi. Fast forward six years and her game-changing whole body deodorant now has over 300,000 five-star reviews. And it works without using heavy perfumes that mask odor, which I really appreciate. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, which is my favorite, and two free products of your choice, like deodorant wipes or a mini body wash. It also has free shipping. And as a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that's like 40% off their starter pack. So use code SHARON at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Mother's Day is almost here. And I want to take just a quick second to appreciate not only my mom, all the moms out there, but anyone who has taken on the role of caregiver. You do everything for someone else. And now it's time to do something for yourself. And that includes starting with your skin. And I've been using our sponsor OneSkin's products for a while now. And I have to tell you, I am really enjoying them. They are very easy to incorporate into my skincare routine. I am really liking the eye cream. And the secret is OneSkin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It is the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. And they have several studies to back it up. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code SHARON at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code SHARON. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support this show and tell them we sent you. I can honestly tell you I've been in corporate for over a decade and now I run my own consulting firm. And I would tell you I've been blown away by what some people think is a level of work ethic. You know what I mean? Like you'll go in and I'm like, wow, like you really made it to vice president and you actually don't even know how to pull a document. 
you know, or I, you know, I know you've got tons of educators who listen. I, I tell a story of when I first got my girls going into my eldest daughter's school at the time and finding out that they were all sharing one book in their English class and the teacher was making photocopies for them to practice their reading. And the book, of course, was a timeless, I think it was To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, and I said, these books are like 10 cents on eBay. Like, you know, this is a non thing. I am going to go buy this book myself, you know? And I think a lot of us minimize the way we are as, as women and as moms, this, I'll just go do it, you know? And we forget that so many people ascend to high ranks and they don't have an ounce of that in them, not an ounce, you know? No one can run teaching better than teachers. And yet we have people who are in positions of authority that have never run a classroom. So here we are questioning our ability to do stuff without ever recognizing that there are people who are running things that have no idea how it's actually done. And when you start absorbing that, you realize, oh, maybe let me take it one step further. Maybe I can trust myself to do this. And maybe I don't have to burn myself out to do it because I'm still showing up with more because they simply know less, you know, and that is, that has changed my life. You are so right. Mm. Yeah. May we all live with the audacity of a mediocre corporate employee with a decent slide deck. Yes. Yes. He's got a slide deck. All it takes to make it in the world. That's right. He's got a slide deck. deck. That's right. A good slide deck. And then obviously saying like, how about we take a look into that? That's just, that's your, that's the crutch. If we look into it, we'll figure it out later. And then they assign it. They just, honestly, I mean, how many of us have bosses that all they do is delegate? They just know where to put stuff. Like here we are working and executing on everything when really it's just, you just got to get good at handing it off. It's unbelievable. It's really transformative when you realize that. Uh huh. It's really just a dude with a slide deck. Guess what? You can go online. You can go online and pay someone to make you a slide deck. It doesn't even cost that much money. It costs like $20. It costs like $20. And also, the other thing that I think you'll see is recurring in my book is asking. When I tell you the boldness, of mediocre people to ask for stuff they don't even deserve is unmatched. It is unmatched. And we know this, like, because, uh, you know, I know you've got a lot of educators, a lot of moms, people will really look you in the face and say, hey, we need all of you guys to go home and continue to teach while you're in a pandemic with your children and we're giving you no resources. So go. And you're also trying to work from home. Yes. While yes. you're working from home, you go ahead and do this. And do this. And we're not giving you nothing to do it with. Do more with less. And like, and when I tell you, one thing I learned was, oh, well, if I don't even ask, I've already accepted the no. But if I ask, I have a 50% chance at the yes. And there are people who go into a space and ask and literally are shocked when they hear no. Shocked. They'll ask for things they don't even deserve and are shocked when they hear no. So when I tell you, once I learned that, I was like, oh, I'm going to ask for everything. I'll never forget. And this is a little behind the scenes. I went to my publisher meeting and I said to them, one thing I'm going to need is a billboard. I don't care if it's in Wichita, Spokane. I, you know, I need a billboard. Figure it out. Should be in Times Square though. And they looked at me and they said, and I won't reveal the celebrity's name, but they were like, you know what's interesting? I've only had one other celebrity ask me for a billboard. And she was, when I tell you, number one billboard music, top celebrity. And they were like, like, who are you? And I'm like, why wouldn't I ask? Because the worst you could say is no. You know what I mean? People don't even ask. 
And so that's one of the things is like, I mean, you build a product, you don't ask people to buy it. You have a need, you don't ask because you've convinced yourself in your head you don't deserve. And the biggest mistake I made when we talk about that college experience and we go back to that was I was worried that I didn't have this information. I obsessed about this lack of not having this information and what was missing with me. What I should just ask. I never thought to just sit there and ask my academic advisor, well, what else don't I know? What else do I need to know to get to the finish line? How do I get that information? And what are my resources to get it? Instead, I, was, I walked out of that room like, I'm broken. I'm not capable. I don't know how to do this. It's all on me. And that also lends itself to burnout. So asking is the ticket. Mm. I love what you just said, that if you don't ask, you're accepting the no. And then you should, you should own that choice. You should own the choice. You should own that choice of like, you didn't ask. And so it's a no. Yep, for sure. And that it takes a lot of courage to be able to ask. Do you have any tips for somebody who is afraid to ask because they're afraid of rejection? Yes, Sharon, we've talked about this. I'm somebody who is like a world-class pitcher. I'm so good at business. I've over the years learned how to ask. And here I am in this book process. And Sharon, I literally was texting you like, I'm so terrified to ask people to just like read my book. I'm terrified to ask friends if I can come on their podcast. Like, I don't know why I'm so scared to ask for this thing I need. Well, there was one thing that a really good friend named Sharon McGovernment told me. And what she said to me was, you have to give people an opportunity to help you. The same way that you love to help people and it's such an honor and it's such a privilege and it's such a joy for you and it feels good, you've got to not take that opportunity away from other people. And people want to be able to show up for you. You've got to let them do that. And that is so deeply true, you know, and I couple that with my sales tip, right, from my corporate experience of no one's ever really saying no to you. They're just saying they didn't understand the ask. So when someone tells me no, I'm like, oh, you just didn't understand me. Let me clarify that, you know, because no one's going to say no to the person that they know has great intentions and a great opportunity and is going to show up and do the work. So let's figure out why it needs to be a yes and how it can be, because it couldn't possibly be a no. (laughs) Nope. If you're saying no, it's because I did not accurately articulate exactly why this needs to be a yes. That, that is correct. But you're absolutely, you know, when you bring up this thing that we were talking about that, you know, when, when you were getting ready to launch this book into the world, which is you derive great pleasure from helping other people. I see it all of the time. You, you, you talked about how like one of the big reasons you wanted to make money so you can engage in- Give it away. And, yeah. And I really relate to that. Like it has long been my dream to be like, Oprah or Ellen or whoever is like, you get a car, here's a check for 10K. You That's know, like right. That Solving a- problems without bureaucracy. That's all I want to do in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely relate to that motivation. And when you are unwilling to give other people the opportunity to help you, you are depriving them of the joy that you know they that people experience when they get a chance to assist you. Like it is truly my pleasure to come to your book event in, in Chicago. I would be sad if you didn't ask me. Oh I would be gosh. sad if it was like, I, but I wanted to do that. I wanted to go to that thing. Uh, it's truly my pleasure to write a blurb for the back of the book. It makes me ha- truly happy to 
see my little name on the back and be like, this was such a great book. Like to be deprived of that opportunity actually would be robbing me of the opportunity for joy, for the joy that I get in helping you. And this is not me putting myself on a pedestal. No, I know. You feel the same way. And so I do. Yes. And so you that I think it's such an important lesson, especially women need to internalize that we cannot martyr ourselves and deprive other people of the opportunity for the joy of giving the transform the transformative power of giving because oh i don't want to be a bother oh i'll just do it all i'll just do everything well and sharon there's also you know one thing that occurred to me after which i don't think i've ever shared with you was after hearing you tell me this and us talking about it and you reminding me because again it's ingrained i don't want to be a bother i also realized that you wouldn't want to see me suffer and that is something that i think we forget is that if i came back to you and said i missed my goals i didn't do what i needed to do this was you know all i needed was one more thing and you know you have the ability to help, oh my gosh, the heartache, the heartache of that, you know, and the last thing I want is to go to my friends and let them see me go through things that they could have helped with. Yes. There's why not didn't a you single... ask me? I could have Why helped. didn't you ask me? How yes. often have we said that out loud to our kids, mm-hmm. to our girlfriends? Why didn't you ask me? I would have done that. You didn't have to go through that. Like, I don't want you to carry something like that. And when I tell you, it sticks with you when you realize that, when you realize that you don't even want to go back to people and and have them feel that way. And that has really, it has helped. It has transformed my life. It has allowed me, because truth moment also, I don't get no's when you ask these types of questions. People say yes. They always blow your mind exceedingly and abundantly beyond what you ever could have expected. And Sharon, you're a great example of that. I think that you are such a prime example of someone who is using their life and their purpose to serve and that you ask, you see a problem and you ask. And I mean, look at all your governors, you ask, and then what do they do? They say, yes, they say, yes, thank you for bringing this to our attention. Of course we need to fix this thing. Thank you. So people tell me that all the time. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to give Thank you for giving me the opportunity to give. I didn't know about X, or I would have thought it was too hard to do Y, but you provided the opportunity to help, and I love that you did. And consequently, I know you have raised and given away so much. We've raised over $7 million in the last couple of years, given it away directly, like minus the bureaucracy, just like what you were saying. And it's not just my pleasure to do the work. It is the pleasure of thousands of people who want the opportunity to show up for other people. And all you have to do is ask. Yes. And some people will say no, and that is okay. It's not the right opportunity for them. And I think, Sharon, like this kind of brings us to one thing that I think we've always united on and I think is such a great note and I do cover in the book and I think my book it's something you're always talking about is that my story and my background is so different right like it's different in the context of here's an African girl growing up in America trying to navigate this and the next but my goodness if this isn't every person's story I got these kids I'm trying to work I need more time I have to generate revenue I'm trying to figure out who I am like it's the same story with a different face and that just makes me so proud to share it but Ultimately, I think it's one of the reasons why we align so much 
it's just one more reminder that even if someone's story seems so different than yours, they look very different than yours, they have a background or ideas that may be very different from yours, the core of them is good. We want to be givers. I think both of us have spent so much of our lives in our platforms trying to prove that in spite of it all, we all default towards wanting to learn about each other, understand, serve each other, show up in the world in our very best way, and give, 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 give. We care about the plight and state of the person next to us, and we want it to be well. And I just love that that's been our banner that we're kind of flying under. And I refuse to believe otherwise. And I hope that this book helps continue to spread that message where I can't, that message where I can't go to let people know it's true. You know, people may be different from you, but my goodness, they want the same things. And we're all deserving of everything. Mm -hmm. I love that. Your book is very much that sort of what literary critics call the personal universal. It is a story that is personal to you. Uh, Clearly, in case it wasn't clear, Nicole, don't share the same experience of being raised by Ghanaian parents. Maybe you didn't know, but newsflash. Yes, I mean, I I thought for the first time. Yeah, for like a split second, I was like, it's got to be. But thanks for the clarification. Yeah, yeah. My parents, my parents. We are literally the polar opposites. You're like blonde. I wear a wig. Like we are the (laughs) the only thing I think that we actually have that looks the same is like we both have high cheekbones and eyeliner and strong eyebrows, strong, trustworthy eyebrows. That's Mm -hmm, about it. That's right. Trustworthy (laughs) eyebrows. That's right. That's right. So your story is personal to you, but it is universal in that all people can recognize aspects of themselves or their family in your story. And that is such a delicate balance to achieve. It's really what every memoirist is trying to accomplish is telling the personal universal story. And I think you really did such a beautiful job of it, that everybody will find ways to relate to it. They will find their own takeaways. This is not a, like, well, I wasn't raised by immigrant parents, so I won't get it. Your story is the personal universal. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I want to just give listeners a little teeny peek behind the scenes of what does it actually take to write a memoir? Tell us about the process. Yeah. So the process of memoir writing is, it can be different for everyone, right? But one of the things I always tell everyone is the story is already written. So you don't need to be overwhelmed if you feel a calling to share your story because you already know the story. It's outlining the ones that matter most and creating lessons that tie to each one. I think a great memoir has lessons as well. We've all been on those speeches and tours and shows where people are just kind of like, here's what happened to me. Isn't that wild? Well, that's great. But how do I extract, like you said, that universal piece? What, what were the takeaways so that I can grow? So, I mean, the process started first with accepting, Nicole, you're writing a memoir and that is enough. You know, it doesn't have to be a full business book that makes people millions of dollars because a memoir can make people millions of dollars because it may unlock the thing that helps them. Then I had to shop that book, which was difficult again and very emotional because you're basically putting yourself on a platter and saying, I promise you I'm enough. Give me tons of money for it. And I was very grateful. I had one of the biggest book deals in 2021. And once they heard this story, I had 26 publishers interested. I was very grateful. And I started writing the book by laying out a timeline from here until now. What are the key moments that I think were pivot points that changed my thinking that led to accelerated growth and that are tied to a story or an experience that I think people must know and may not know. And then what is the lesson tied to it? And then in between that, I just started filling in the gaps of kind of, well, then how did you get to this next thing? And what were the outcomes and results? So unlike, I think a lot of memoirs that are written where they're just kind of like, well, here's the behind the scenes of my music career, or here's a different take on, you know, my acting story or whatever. My memoir truly is, I call it the fresh start manual because that was the unifying theme through all of my pivot points was, oh girl, you're going to have to start over with a new mindset, with a new man, with a new family, with a new home, with a new job, fresh start. And I got really good at that. And so that's where I'm starting to provide those lessons to show you these are the tools you need to build the life you want. And once I finished writing it, then comes the, like you said, the ask, the give, the getting into people's hands, the forgiveness because it's a very difficult process to go back and say, I can't believe I made this decision. I wish I'd done it differently. The vulnerability. People are going to read this book and learn things about me that I've never shared anywhere else before. And I just have to hope and pray that it's enough, you know, and that they understand. And so it's been, it's been quite the process. But, you know, in social media, you share things in black and white. And a memoir gives you an opportunity to do it in full color. And I'm very grateful to take people there. Mm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like the little snippet you see, like a little Insta square where you have like maybe three paragraphs, you're right. It's th- you seeing through a glass darkly. That's right. That's and right. a memoir gives you a chance to experience the full story, the full arc of the story in, in living color. And write notes in the margins and underline and highlight and make stickies and all the things that we need to do to realize and apply what we're learning in our lives. Mm. 
What do you hope the reader takes away? I'm sure readers will have about 30 takeaways, but if you, if you had one, what is it that you're like, I really want people to get X? If there's one thing that I know everyone needs right now and that this book 100% provides, it is the ability to grant yourself grace so that you can also grant it to others. A hundred percent. When you read this, you realize, no, people make mistakes. People figure it out. It's just hard right now. And I need to be easier on myself for not knowing, for not having, for not being ready, for all the places I fall short. And your kids will learn that by watching you apply it. And it's just a beautiful thing. It's a gift. Thank you so much for being here. You're amazing. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of your book, baby. And I just, I can't wait to, I can't wait to see the Instagram post that has the screenshots of where it lands on the bestseller list. Cause I know you've been thinking about that moment. You have to have been thinking. Oh, about don't that make moment. me cry. I have, <laughs> yes, I have. I, I want to show that people can make New York Times bestseller and it can be just your story that that's enough that you are doing the right thing and giving and not compromising on your values and you can be regular and it's enough so yes it's on my list and I would not be able to be there if it wasn't for you Sharon you give all the time and I am so deeply grateful so thank you for having me my pleasure you can buy Nicole Walter's new book Nothing is missing wherever you buy your books. And if you are so inclined and you want to support independent bookstores, go to bookshop.org and order Nothing is Missing. I'll see you again soon. The show is hosted and executive produced by me, Sharon McMahon. Our audio producer is Jenny Snyder. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you could leave us a review or share this episode on social media, those things help podcasters out so much. Thanks for being here today.